MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering every angle of Sunday's slate of football, this is the Pro Football Blitz on VCN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, everybody. It is indeed the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, Mike Pritchard, will be here in hour number two. He had a prior commitment earlier today. So we bring in our friend, Will Hill, to fill in for hour number one. Great to have you on board, Will. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday to fill in for Mike. We've got about 20 minutes or less before Sunday night football will kick off at Arrowhead Stadium between the Chiefs and the Titans. So let's get your preview on this one before they go to kick. The Chiefs are 5-2 and two on the season. They're coming off of a bye. Their last game was a win over the San Francisco 49ers. As far as the Tennessee Titans, they have been outgained in six of their seven games this season, yet they are on a five-game winning streak also at 5-2 and two on the season. It will be Malik Willis as your starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill is in active. Will, we've got a very big number here, and it has gone up about a point and a half since it was announced that Malik Willis will start in place of Ryan Tannehill. Now the Chiefs at home laying 14 points with a total of 45. Your thoughts on this one, my friend? Hey, laying two touchdowns in the NFL. What could possibly go wrong in this season? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, as soon as it was announced that Tannehill was inactive, I went to some of the apps, went to try to bet it, get a little on KC to try to get ahead of the move, and they were all over it. It went right to 14. First half moved from seven quickly to seven and a half, and I think it's eight in some 
uh, spots, which is a key number, obviously, and um, maybe a key way to get out if you're not comfortable swallowing the 14. Maybe you say, you know what, Kansas City, they'll be up 10 or 13 at half. I don't want to bet garbage time. I'll bet the first half. Well, now you're paying for it. Now you're laying the eight instead of the seven and a half or the seven. Uh, we we saw Tennessee, and you make some good points, man. They are outgained. All their stats are ugly, but it's like, you know, in baseball, they talk about a pitcher where he doesn't have great stuff. They call him a, a comfortable 0 for 4 where, you know, he maybe throws 88, 89. You, you look up, and you went 0 for 4. That's the Titans. They don't really impress you with any of their numbers, but you look up, and, man, year after year, they just seem to win games. So uh, it, it'll be a different story this week. Remember last week against the Texans, they were basically able to just run the wishbone, run it every down, run it effectively, and get out of there with a really comfortable victory. Let's see here if they can do that against Kansas City because Kansas City's a little better against the run than they've been in past years. They're actually pretty good against the run. And if you fall behind here, that that handed off strategy to Derrick Henry doesn't quite work as well when you're down 10 nothing. So uh, this could be a great live betting opportunity if this game starts to go sideways here for the Titans. So it'll be interesting to see how this one starts. Well, everybody likes to talk about Andy Reid off of a bye week, right? His teams are 20-3 and three straight up following a bye week. He's 7-2 and two straight up with the Kansas City Chiefs and 5-4 and four against the spread. But the Titans are 2-0 and oh straight up and against the spread in the regular season against the Chiefs under Mike Vrabel. Here's some stats for you, Will, to chew on. The Chiefs have punted on fewer than 27% of their drives. That ranks second in the league. The Titans have punted on nearly 47% of their drives. That is 30th in the league. The Chiefs and the Titans rank number one and number two, respectively, in red zone offense. However, defensively, 14 of the 15 touchdowns allowed by Tennessee have come via the pass. That is the highest rate in the league. 17 of the 20 touchdowns allowed by Kansas City have come through the air. That's the second highest rate in the league. Now, teams off of a bye week that scored 36 or more points in their last game, like Kansas City, 48-22-4 and four against the spread when they're favored. Also, the Titans are 0-5 against the number after facing the Houston Texans. My numbers on this game, Will, came to Chiefs minus 3.5, Chiefs minus 4, and pick them. Uh, you know, obviously those numbers are skewed from what the true line is right now at minus 14, but I could only take the points here, but but I'm not going to make a play. There's just too many question marks. You alluded to it. I don't believe the same formula can work here against the Kansas City Chiefs, just handing the ball off to Derrick Henry all day long. Can Malik Willis, you know, complete more than six passes in this game like he only threw against uh, the Houston Texans in their win last week? There's just too many question marks, and, and Tannehill is in, inactive. Even if he was available, how healthy is that ankle anyway? Uh, it's too many points for me to lay and too many question marks with Tennessee. I'm staying away. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll expand it a little bit, you would think, whether it's some bootlegs, you know, some passes. You can't just hand the ball off. It's one thing against the Texans, just hand it off every time. But against the Chiefs, who are going to score some points, you can't just hand it off. I know Henry's great, but to just hand it off and expect to get four or five yards of carry and expect that's how you're going to live your life for the next three hours, I don't know how that's going to fly. What's interesting for me is if the Chiefs do get a big lead, which is, you know, with a 14-point favorite, it is certainly in play here. Do they really push the envelope with Willis and make him drop back and throw it every down in hopes of getting back in the game and risk, you know what, this kid's not ready. Are we going to ruin his confidence and have him throw two or three bad interceptions on Sunday Night Football? Or if they're down 17, you know, six minutes left in the third quarter, are they going to just sort of, you know what, let's get ready for next week. Let's sort of, let's let's just move on here and let's not chase this and and put our kid in a bad position. It'll be interesting to watch how they handle Willis in uh, 
in a situation like that. One thing that benefits the Tennessee Titans here is I believe they're number one in the NFL. If they're not number one, they're certainly top two or three as far as defensive third down stops. They do not allow the offense of the opponent to convert on third down very often. I think only about 28% of the time for the Tennessee Titans. And that leads me to my question, Will, what do you think about the total? It's at 45. There are a couple of 45 and a halfs out there. Uh, let's say the Chiefs are going to get theirs. They're going to score 20-some, maybe 30 points, but you have to figure Tennessee is going to focus on defense in this game so it does not get away from them and what you talk about so they don't have to ask Malik Willis to throw it 30 times. I would tend to lean towards the under here. That's got to be the game plan for the Tennessee Titans, and I think they have the defense to back it up. Yeah, it's always always fun to have a Chiefs game when you have the under, right? You just, uh, <laughs> it's such a pleasant viewing experience, but I'm with you. I think if you're the Titans, you just have to play the two deep safeties, keep the ball in front of you, make them get, you know, Andy Reid can get bored at times where he gets bored with four or five yards, four or five yard runs. We saw that in the AFC title game where he just refused to run the ball. So if you're the Titans, make them get bored, make them just beat you four or five yards at a time. Don't give up the big play. Let that clock run that plays into your hands on offense where you can just shorten this game as much as possible. So I, I'm with you there. I, I'm a, I see a scenario here where the Titans don't put up a lot of points and really just try to shorten the game on both ends. Will, do you think we will see more out of Malik Willis? You you called for maybe some of the bootlegs and maybe some creativity with him on offense. We know he certainly has the legs to do it. And now he's had a full week of practice as well. When he started last week against the Houston Texans, I, I think he was probably thrown in there a little bit, you know, not sure if he was going to be the starter this week. Of course, he's known all along, I have a feeling, that he was going to be the starter. Took all the first-team reps because Tannehill certainly was hobbled. Uh, do you think maybe we'll see a little better effort or a little bit more explosive effort out of Malik Willis? And that would, uh, therefore, give the Titans a better chance in this game. I really don't. I just, I, I don't think he's ready. I, I don't think the Titans think he's ready. I mean, they, they look, they only made him throw the ball 10 times last week. Even at Liberty last year, remember his junior year, he was really good. But last year, he had some bad turnovers. I just think the old line, he's a year away from being a year away. I think he's really raw. I don't think we see a, a big-time performance from Willis tonight. I really don't. All right, let's take a look at some of the player props, and you can also bet on or against Malik Willis in this market. As far as passing touchdowns, Malik Willis, just a half of a touchdown. You can go under or over that. Over is minus 160. The odds makers thinking that he will throw at least one uh, touchdown pass. If he doesn't throw one at all, you can get plus 120. As far as his passing yards, 151 and a half yards, and it's minus 115 either way. Boy, that under a half a touchdown looks pretty good because I don't know how much the Titans are going to score tonight. And even if they do, I mean, you can see a scenario where they're down by the goal line and they just hand it off to Henry. And who knows, maybe Willis runs it in himself if they do score. So that under a half a touchdown looks pretty good. The under 151 and a half passing yards seems about right, but based on everything I've seen from him, I, I would not play over. I'm just not a huge fan of where he is at this stage of his development. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think going under the half a touchdown might be the better bet at the plus 120 number. I, I certainly don't want to lay minus 160 that he's going to throw a touchdown pass, and I don't really want to mess with the passing yards. I agree with you that that number seems about right, but if you can get a nice juicy number there, plus 120 or better for Malik Willis not to throw a touchdown pass, maybe that's the best one there. Patrick Mahomes, his number, on the other hand, two and a half touchdowns. You can go under or over that, 
and the over is plus money at plus 120 over two and a half touchdown passes for Mahomes. Under is minus 155. Again, that's a number that seems about right. How much do the Chiefs want to run up the score here? Remember, the Titans buried them last year. I think it was like 27 to 3. The Chiefs did not get in the end zone. And you've mentioned all the trends here with Andy Reid off a of bye. So you figure the Chiefs are going to get plenty of points. Uh, three is a lot to ask for, but man, it, same thing as betting the under the total. Do you really want to be sitting here rooting against Patrick Mahomes' touchdown passes? That's a tough bet. That's not a, a fun bet to watch. So I would probably lean towards the over there with the Mahomes at the two and a half. How about his passing yardage total? This looks pretty high, 272 and a half. And again, it's hard to root against Patrick Mahomes, but with the way we're talking about this game and the Titans wanting to slow it down and play some defense, that's a lot easier said than done. But I would probably lean to the under on the passing yardage total for Mahomes at 272 and a half. I would too. Sunday night, primetime game, people like to bet over. So I think these overs usually do get inflated just in general. Plus the scenario where it's 24 nothing in the second half, you're going to see a lot of run it three times and punt. So I don't think this is going to be a shootout. If I don't think the Titans are going to get their points and hang in this game, I could see a scenario where the Chiefs are just running out the clock in the second half. So that would lead me to an underbet. I'm with you. Now, Will, before we go to break, we'll get to a few more player props on the other side before they kick off. But uh, you mentioned in-game play maybe being a factor here. Do you have any pregame action before we go to kick off at Arrowhead? Nothing that's still there. I, I don't want to pass post. I thought minus seven at first half is a very good bet at eight. I would still lean that way, but I'm not. Look, that's a big difference between seven and eight. But if you're asking me, hey, right now, what do you like? I would still lay the eight with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, I think a first half bet might be a, a little bit more responsible than playing the full game. I do not have any action this game as well. We'll come back on the other side and see if we can find some advantages in the rest of the proposition market before they kick off Sunday night football here. Just getting started on the Pro Football Blitz, the Sunday edition. Mike Pritchard will be around starting in hour number two. Will Hill filling in right now as he does so well. We'll be back in just a moment. Stick around. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. Set your lineup and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness, made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and Will Hill with you filling in for Mike Pritchard. He'll be around beginning in hour number two. They're about to kick off at Arrowhead, Will. So let's see if we can slide in a couple more opinions in the prop market. I was looking at Derek Henry, his rushing yards prop, at 87.5 yards under or over that. The over is minus 140. The under is even money. And you made a good point. Typically in these primetime games, the the star players, their numbers are inflated. 87.5 doesn't feel that inflated for me on Derrick Henry. I would probably lay the minus 140 there. That's really all the Titans have to go on here as their biggest threat tonight. Does seem a little low. Again, you go back when you're capping these props, you're capping, you're going back to your handicap of the entire game. You're trying to play out how this game is going to go. And if KC gets a big lead, first of all, that takes away the running game a little bit. I know you start stuff to try to force it, but if this is like 24, three in the third quarter, Henry's a guy who gets a million carries week after week after week. Are they just going to give him a little bit of a breather? Are they just not going to run him into a brick wall, you know, 25, 30 times in a game. That's a lost cause. That would be a concern in terms of playing the over for me. It would probably keep me off of it. I don't know that I would play the under, but just the fact, the risk of a blowout here keeps me away from the over. 
I think you make a great point there, and probably a good way to look at it, too, is either play the over or stay away. I don't think the under is necessarily a great bargain, but you're right. If the Chiefs break out to a lead, which kind of the number would suggest that they're going to, uh, you're certainly going to see the workload for Derrick Henry likely decrease and maybe keep him under that 87.5 yards. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at just 26.5 yards. The over is minus 120. Any thoughts there? I mean, that number just looks so low. It looks so low. Andy Reid, you know, some of these teams like to play musical chairs with the running back, and the Chiefs are the biggest culprit, whether it's McKinnon, Pacheco. You don't know who's in, who's carrying the ball. seems like they just have five or six different guys. And uh, I would actually go the over here again, going back to the game script, how you think the game's going to go. If the Chiefs have a big lead second half, they're going to be running, running, running. I see Pacheco here at 32 and a half. So that suggests maybe he's ahead of the game in terms of Edwards Alaire, but Chiefs running backs over might be a different way to play the Chiefs here. If you think they're going to have a big lead, maybe just some of these Chiefs running back attempts over, Chiefs running back yards over in the thought process that they're going to have a big lead and they're going to be going with a very run heavy game script in the second half. All right, one more to take a look at here. And I mean, on one hand, this feels like free money. But again, we go back to the big name players having their numbers inflated. Travis Kelsey receiving yards under or over 70 and a half. I mean, this guy's going to get 80, 90 yards receiving, isn't he? Yeah, that's one. Sometimes it pays to be square. That's one where I'm just I'm not going to be on the under that one. Uh, he is without Hill now. He is the main target here for Mahomes, who likes to spread the ball around. I mean, they have Hardman. Like I said, they got a bunch of guys, but you know, sometimes it's better to be with the squares and you just go over one of these big-time guys and don't overthink it sometimes. So I, I, I'm with you. I go with the over here. Okay, so we're both kind of leaning under on Malik Willis's touchdown passes. That would put him at none. Uh, we're also kind of leaning under on Mahomes' total passing yards at under 272.5. Uh, leaning over on Derrick Henry's rushing yards at 87 and a half. Uh, be careful with that one, though, because if the Chiefs, again, get out to a big lead, uh, his workload will likely decrease. Uh, and Travis Kelsey, it just seems too easy at 70 and a half. And maybe that's good reason to stay away. But uh, then you kick yourself when he has, you know, 125 receiving yards. And maybe it was that easy. Got to lay a little juice with it. Minus 125 if you want to go over 70 and a half yards on Travis Kelsey receiving in this game. Uh, looks like the line is going to close here where it started when we uh, began the show here, Will. A lot of times you see a lot of movement in just the last 20 minutes prior to kickoff, but uh, this is at 14 and 45 for the total, and it really hasn't budged. And people that are laying big chalk, maybe they're a little scared off here based on the fact that, well, if you had the Bills earlier, not only did you not cover, you didn't win. Thursday night, we saw a 14-point spread with the Eagles and the Texans. The Eagles came close, but they didn't cover. These double-digit favorites, these favorites in general, the, the ones touchdown or more, just have not done well all year. So maybe these betters that like to lay the chalk here are just getting burned one too many times, and they're going to start laying off here. And uh, Boy, it's just in, in a league where all these games are close, there's just so much randomness to it. It really is hard to lay two touchdowns in the NFL this year. Looks like our friends over at the Westgate just took a hit on the under. They have gone to 44 and a half. So kind of in line with our thinking that. there uh, that this game may stay under the total. Certainly going to have to be a defensive effort by the Tennessee Titans. That's got to be the game plan. And if they execute their game plan, I think this game does stay under the 45. Just the lone 44 and a half out there at the Westgate. A couple of 45s and a half 
still to be had in the local Las Vegas market. All right, let's begin the recaps from what happened earlier today, Will, and I will start in official Nevada rotation order with the Colts at the Patriots. And we expected a defensive battle here, and that's what we got in the early going, just two New England field goals in the first quarter and a half, and then it was 6 to nothing Patriots with eight minutes left to go in the first half, and that's when the special teams of old Bill Belichick's club started to deliver. The Patriots blocked a Colts punt, set up a first and goal, and Mac Jones finds Ramondre Stevenson for a three-yard touchdown pass, and now it was 13-0 New England. The Colts got on the board for the first time all day, midway through the third quarter with just a measly field goal to make it 13 to three. And then I tell you what, it was pretty much just really a tough day at the office. The rest of the day for Sam Ellinger from there on, he was sacked nine times total on the afternoon. He was intercepted once Indianapolis never scored again. They were held to just 78 yards rushing 26 to three. Your final, the Patriots get the win and the cover pretty easily. The game stayed well under the total New England moves to 5 and 4 on the year. The Colts drop to 3-5 and 1, Will, and things are getting ugly in a hurry for this Indianapolis team. Yeah, your description is right on. It makes it sound really bad for the Colts, but I watched this game and it was actually much worse. I mean, to sit here and, <laughs> and recap all of the uh, the positive moments the Colts had on offense would not take very much time. It just seemed like every time the Colts were taking a snap and again we were talking off the air here that there was so many early games and so few late games, these early games, there's so many at a time where you're just your head spinning, trying to keep track of everything. But every time I had my eyes on the Colts, it was Ellinger takes a snap and he runs right into a sack. And, you know, Belichick has done really well against these young quarterbacks. This just looked like a team without Taylor, without a lot of weapons to begin with that that was just swallowed up. And, you know, Patriots, look, they're, they're not exactly the greatest show on turf on offense either, but they dominated their game with defense. Once they got that block punt, block punt to make it 13 nothing. It was really just downhill from there where the Patriots could control the game. And you never really felt like the Colts were in it. It was a sluggish start. They exchanged punts the first five, six minutes. Both teams were off the sloppy starts, but the Patriots got on track and the Colts never did. Yeah, I, I think you're right that uh, special teams touchdown, the block punt or the, the block punt and then the ensuing touchdown, uh, that really seemed like it put a clamp on the game for the New England Patriots. They really just led the rest of the way with their defense and the Colts never could do anything offensively. You talk about Belichick's affinity to wrestle or Russell or rather um, uh, rookie quarterbacks. Now, Sam Ellinger, not technically a rookie in his second year, but he made just his first NFL start last week. So just his second NFL start this week. I thought we might see him run the ball a little bit more because we saw Belichick and his Patriots club have trouble with Justin Fields a couple weeks ago when the Bears really shocked him on Monday Night Football. Ellinger did run the ball a little more. I think he had 36 yards rushing, but certainly not enough to really, you know, create that script that this guy was going to run the ball and put that element into the game plan to try and defeat New England. It never really came to fruition. I thought they would lean on that a little bit. So did I, but I, I learned, I think, pretty early that it's one thing when you're trying to defend Fields. Fields can outrun all of your guys. Ellinger doesn't have that type of burner speed, so it's a little bit of a different element. Even though Ellinger, Ellinger is a, typically a, you know, a running quarterback by, by nature, it's not like it's Fields where he can just basically outrun all of your guys, so a little bit of a different animal. All right, the Chiefs and the Titans have kicked off. Again, the game closes here in Las Vegas with the Chiefs as 14-point favorites. The total 
closes at 45, and the Chiefs get the ball first on offense, facing a second and eight. And there's Kelsey for about nine yards. You're off and running if you played that prop, Will. Over 70 and a half yards for Travis, uh, for Travis Kelsey. Makes his first catch of the ball game there, like I say, for about nine yards. Converts a first down there. And Kansas City already with the ball and moving it on offense has moved to a 15 and a half point favorite in the live market. Is there a number that you would be looking for in the live market, Will, where you might jump in on the underdog probably not it would go the other way where i think if this gets away from tennessee it could get ugly and i'm curious who won the toss and who took the ball because my guess is the chiefs usually these teams defer my guess is the chiefs if they won wanted the ball same thing with the titans where getting a lead is very important because if you make willis in a position where he's chasing scores this could get ugly i, I bet kc took the ball but i didn't see it yeah, I did not see who uh, won the coin toss either. All I know is that the Kansas City Chiefs do have the ball first. I think you make a very good point there uh, that they want to get the Tennessee Titans behind early and take that Derrick Henry running the ball element out of it. But uh, we'll see what the Chiefs can do here. It looks like they've got a second and short here, and they're at about the 42-yard line of their own. So nearing midfield, and there's another catch for Travis Kelsey and another first down. So well on his way to over 70 and a half receiving yards as of it as it stands right now for Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. Stick around. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl game, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge by visiting vcin.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and Will Hill with you. Will filling in for Mike Pritchard for the first hour. Very kind of him to do so. Keeping an eye on the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. A big series of football right there. The Chiefs had moved into Titans territory, but were facing second and 20. And then a jump off sides by the Tennessee Titans defensive lineman made it second and 15. Mahomes scrambled, got the first down all on his own, and now a sack, I believe, that last play was for the Titans defense. So the Titans defense bending, not breaking, uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs now at about the 25-yard line of the Titans. They were as high as 16.5-point favorites in the live market here, and now Mahomes is going to dump one off here, and that's going to be inside the 20-yard line now on second and 10. Should be about third and five coming up. If the Tennessee Titans can hold Kansas City to a field goal, that would certainly be a victory. And, Will, you and I learned uh, during the break that the Titans actually won the toss and deferred, gave Kansas City the ball on offense first. So if they can get out of here with just a field goal, that would be a win, and that decision would pay off, in my mind, in deferring, giving the ball to the Chiefs to start the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not unusual for teams to decline and take the ball in the second half. I just thought in this game, it's so important if you're Tennessee with a limited quarterback to not fall behind. And I thought the Titans might take the ball, try to establish a drive, you know, get some points, burn some clock. But um, if you can come away with a, just a field goal, which is in question now is the chiefs pick up the first down or inside the 10, it's a win. So uh, again, not to over dramatize things, but if the chiefs get up seven, nothing here, it's uh, it can be early danger time for the Titans. Similar to like, you know, a one or a two seed playing a 15 or a 16 in the NCAA tournament where it's like you got to hang around to give yourself a chance. You can't be down, you know, 12 to four at the first media timeout. 
Yeah, Nicole Hardman gets it inside the 10-yard line for a first-and-goal situation from about the 7-yard line for the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, in the last segment, we began our recaps of the games taking place on Sunday, and we started with the Colts and the Patriots. Looking ahead to next week, the Patriots will be on a bye, and the Colts will be out here in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. What a dandy that one ought to be, huh, Will? You can say that about a bunch of these games, a bunch of teams. <laughs> Thursday night footballs, Atlanta, Carolina. I, I know we've all seen plenty of the you know, Broncos. You know what's weird about that one? Atlanta and Carolina just played last week. It is. And now they're it playing a hell again. of a game. They put the wrong oh, one yeah. on Thursday night because I don't know if they can live up to whatever that was last week, which was just an insane game. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. There's a bunch of these matchups where you look around. You're like, really? we got to watch these two teams? Even teams like Brady and the Bucks, Rodgers and Green Bay, normally games you'd be fired up to watch, but. Hey, if you watch Tampa for three and a half hours today, you're not fired up to watch them either. It's it's uh, definitely a strange year in the league where a lot of these older quarterbacks are getting old in terms of Brady, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and we don't have the young guys to step up. I really think the 2021 draft class being sort of a whiff right now is really, it's a situation where the, the torch hasn't been passed because you look at Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, even Mac Jones, Lance. Those guys haven't stepped up. And then you go back even a few years before that. Goff and Wentz, 1-2 in the draft. Not much there. Mariota Winston, 1-2 in the draft. Not much there. And you're like, oh, that's a while ago. It doesn't matter. But those guys would be in their prime now. So it's sort of an odd time here for quarterbacks. And it, it makes these games harder to handicap. because you don't, you don't know what you're getting at the most important position. And there's a holding call on the Chiefs on second and goal. So that will back them up to about their 19-yard line on second and goal. And Mahomes throws incomplete. So that field goal is starting to look like more of a possibility here for the Tennessee Titans defense. Uh, The Raiders, by the way, hosting the Colts next week are laying five and a half points, uh, Will. That is the early line on that ball game. I actually played the Raiders today, and I was feeling great about that play. All the numbers said Jacksonville, but I felt the situation just heavily uh, spoke to the Las Vegas Raiders coming off of that shutout, and and they responded. I mean, it was Devontae Adams. I mean, he ended up with almost 150 yards receiving. They were out to a 17-0 lead. They were in control of that game, but then their defense just absolutely fell apart in the second half. And, of course, Jacksonville goes on to win that ball game, and the Raiders' problems continue out on the road for two weeks in a row now. Now they will return home uh, against the Colts team who has a lot of problems of their own. But uh, laying five and a half, I tell you what, this Raiders team has scared me off trying to back them. Yeah, and again, a lot of these teams, you're like, do I really want to play six with this team? I I thought that about the Patriots. I bet the Colts today has. We're going through our Sunday confessions here. I bet the the uh, the Colts today thinking, look, I've locked, I've watched a lot of the Patriots. I don't know if they should be laying six to anybody. Do I want to be laying four and a half, five, six with the Raiders? I probably don't. So, again, it's just a year with a lot of parity. And some of these teams, you just don't have the stomach to lay more than a field goal with a lot of these teams. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I actually laid, uh, for a small bet, just a, a half unit for me on the Colts plus the six. I lost that, but I did win uh, for a bet on the under in that game, which did stay under the total of 40 and a half. All right, At let's least take... it was fun to watch. Oh, boy. Yeah, what a dandy. <laughs> it was fun to watch that under come in. That was about it. Yes. 
Um, this one was a good one. The Bills at the Jets. It got off to a rough start. The Jets kicker slipped on the opening kickoff, and it looked like an onside kick that wasn't supposed to be one. Uh, the Bills had the ball with great field position to begin the game, but Josh Allen threw an interception in the red zone, and the Jets uh, had survived that debacle on the opening kickoff. They got it together, however, on their second drive. Josh Allen rushing one in. The Jets got a field goal, and it was 7-3 to Buffalo after one quarter of football. Allen ran another one in from 36 yards out, his second touchdown of the day, and it was 14-3 to Bills. Then the Jets went on a 13-play, six-minute drive to basically close out the first half and get right back into this game. Michael Carter ran it in from six yards out, and it was 14-10 to Buffalo at halftime. The Jets got a Sauce Gardner interception in the second half and turned that into a James Robinson touchdown run. New York had the lead 17-14 into the fourth quarter. Tyler Bass then booted a 51-yard field goal to tie it at 17 apiece, still with just less than 14 minutes left in regulation. Then with less than two minutes to go in regulation, Greg the Leg nails a 28-yard field goal, and New York had the lead 20-17. to Josh Allen had a minute and 43 seconds left with no timeouts to try and tie or win the game. Jets nearly get a strip sack, but the Bills recover it, and it sets up fourth and 21 with just over 30 seconds left in the ballgame. Allen fires deep, it's incomplete, and the Jets get their second divisional win in their last 14 tries. 20-17, to 17, your final. Jets win outright as 10.5-point underdogs. Game stays well under the total. Jets moved to six and three on the year. The Bills dropped to six and two. And Bob DeLuca, he's appeared on VSIN's Gil Alexander's A Numbers Game show a lot in the last couple of weeks. He had six live entries remaining in Circus Survivor, and he went all in, putting all six of them on the Bills. Ouch. That that hurts me, and I don't even know, Bob. That's a that's a tough way to spend an afternoon. The Jets have some good players. Uh, I mean, look, when you pick top five in the draft for six or seven years in a row, eventually it sort of pops and they've drafted well. Remember, they got a lot of draft equity for Darnold back. They got a lot of draft equity for uh, in the Jamal Adams deal. And they've got good players. I don't know if they have a good quarterback. Wilson, they sort of manage the game around him. If you look at some of the stats, I think he only had 80 air yards, something like that today. It's a lot of screens. It's a lot of short passes, but it's a hell of a roster, even with the injuries of Vera Tucker and Hall. Uh, Gardner looks like the real deal at corner. This is a really good team. It reminds me a little bit. I'm sure you remember 2009. They had a rookie quarterback with Sanchez, and he got them to the AFC title game. I, I say he got them there. It was really more Darrell Revis. It was the running game. If you remember those Rex Ryan teams, this is sort of reminding me of those teams. I'm not saying they're going to the AFC title game, but it's a really good roster. I wonder now the Bills probably not in any danger of losing the division, but they are at six and two. Miami's pretty good. The Jets are pretty good. And the Jets and, and Dolphins both have head-to-head -head wins over the Bills. So it's not a mere formality here that the Bills win this division. But I, I probably wouldn't worry about them long term still. Yeah, I thought we learned a lot about the Jets last week and their loss to the New England Patriots. We saw that their defense is pretty darn good, but they, you know, really have a liability at quarterback. And Brees Hall was, you know, the absence of Brees Hall was really costing them. But with a week to practice and and kind of reboot without Brees Hall and Vera Tucker. And by the way, there's a big run by the Tennessee Titans, and they are into Chiefs territory down to about the 32 yard line. That wasn't even sure. Derrick Henry. Uh, so the field goal pays off right now for the Titans defense. Chiefs leading that ball game three to nothing. And with that big run, the live market adjusts. The Chiefs are now just 11 and a half point favorites in the live market. That's closer to where the line was earlier this week. 
Um, but yeah, I think we knew that that Jets defense was really good, and it certainly showed so today. And then with a week of practice, I think they were able to establish a better running game with James Robinson. Michael Carter was very good today. And you talk about Zach Wilson. Obviously, he didn't throw four picks this week. That helped a lot, but... He didn't throw the ball downfield a whole lot, but really efficient. He threw the ball to Wilson, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I, you know, he just managed the game really well. Uh, I thought the offensive line played great. The Jets played a really good game. I, I thought efficient, uh, efficient on offense and really stout on defense. And you look at them, six and three, and they still have games against the Bears, the Lions, the Jaguars. Could we be looking at a 10-win wild card sort of team here with the Jets? It's really not impossible. I tell you what, it'd be fun. And today's game, for other than Bob DeLuca, was pretty fun to see those Jets step up and get that victory. The Titans are on the move. They're at the 40-yard line of Kansas City, trailing 3 to nothing. We'll update you when we come back on the other side. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet, plus get Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today. It's a whole new game. Well, a whole new game in Arrowhead where the Chiefs are leading 3 to nothing, but the Titans have a little bit of a threat going. Malik Willis actually spotted chucking the ball deep downfield a couple times on this drive so far. Uh, 3 to nothing, the Chiefs lead. They did force Tennessee to punt the ball. They'll have the ball back deep in their own territory, and they are back out to a 16.5-point favorite in the live market. The Titans were down as low as 11.5-point dogs while that drive was going positively, but eventually it stalls, and Mahomes and company are back on offense. And there's a big pass to Travis Kelsey. I tell you what, Will, that 70.5 passing yard uh, proposition bet, I think he's over halfway there already early or midway through the first quarter. Maybe this should have been our pro tip. If you like a bet, make the bet. How often? I mean, I'm sure everyone listening can relate where you're like, man, I really love this game. And you know, you go order a pizza or you go play with your kids and you end up not having it in your account. And then it ends up being a winner. Yeah, this is uh, this is one we should have paused the show for a minute and gotten this in our accounts for sure. That was a good call. Well, you know what? That is a good pro tip, Will. I mean, sometimes things look a little too good to be true. Yeah. And I felt the same way about the Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals game this week. Yeah. I, I thought that was the oddest looking line when it came out that the Cardinals were actually favored in the game. Uh, my numbers came out to like Seahawks minus nine, Seahawks minus eight, uh, you know, Seahawks minus two or something like that. I do three different sets of numbers and, and they all came out uh, and a couple of them heavily in favor of the Seattle Seahawks. We're, of course, looking at that Travis Kelsey receiving prop tonight, 70 and a half yards. Like you mentioned, without Tyreek Hill there any longer, he's certainly the focal point. Uh, I, I think sometimes... Uh, you can't try and outthink yourself. And if something looks too good to be true, you know, sometimes it is true. Uh, and, and, you know, I think like betting with conviction and, and, and you know, not, you know, bl- uh, blocking out a lot of the noise that we all hear throughout the week. You know, you, you like, like that line that came out with Seattle early in the week and you're looking at it and you're going, what, what's wrong with this? And then you go through the next, you know, five days or whatever before you start making your bets or turning your picks in and, and everything starts creeping into your head while you shouldn't make that bet. I'm sure you've been through that before. For sure. And I think, you know, we're all guilty of this sometimes. Like a free throw shooter, a, a, a guy, a hitter at the plate, just see the ball, hit the ball. I think we can get in our own heads of like, 
oh, where's the sharp money? Where's the public money? What mm-hmm. are the betting splits? It's like, you know what? Sometimes you psych yourself out, and that's a really bad feeling as a better when you have the right side, but you know, you look at a split or some other number and convince yourself out of a winner. That's a tough one to sleep with. Yeah, sometimes I guess the pro tip for the hour, of course, we do one across all VEASAN shows every hour. You can get 20-some pro tips a day. Go to VEASAN.com slash tips to get more information on that. You can sort them by show or by sport. Uh, But I guess the pro tip uh, in a couple different ways would be bet with conviction and oftentimes trust your first instinct. Oftentimes that is the very best way to go, and you can end up talking yourself out of a lot of things as you let time drag on throughout the week. Uh, Let's get back to the Bills and the Jets game here real quick, Will, uh, and look forward to next week. The Jets are on a bye, and they'll certainly enjoy that off of a tremendous win. Uh, The Bills, they are back in action at home, hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Your Vikings, Will, this ought to be a heck of a ball game, and I'm a little surprised by this line. The Bills laying nine points at home. Yeah, I mean, I've been against the Vikings every week. I just don't see it with this team. They've played a really soft schedule. All of their wins are one-score games against bad teams. If you remember, they played Miami, and Miami with a second- and third-string quarterback outgained them by 250 yards. You know, they needed to come back against the Bears at home. They needed to come back against the Lions. So they are 7-1. and one. Today they had to come back against Washington. I don't know what to make of them. They, they, they just continue to win, but they continue to be unimpressive doing so. That is a hell of a, a group of skill guys when you look at Hawkinson now to go with Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, Osborne. So seven and a half is a lot. I'm sure you're going to get the the Bills here in a bad mood. So uh, I, I don't have an initial lean here. I'm looking at seven and a half on my screen. You said it went to nine. I don't know if it went yeah, from I've nine got, to seven uh, and a half or vice versa. Just Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if uh, where it started. But uh, yeah, currently here in Las Vegas and not at, well, actually, it's come down. Uh, now down to eight or eight and a half. So I, I guess nine was probably the opener, uh, but now eight or eight and a half. So money coming in just in the last five, 10 minutes on the Minnesota Vikings. I'd be a little concerned about the Vikings pass defense. They are, except for Detroit, who's on their own stratosphere in terms of being a bad defense, a bad <laughs> secondary. Minnesota is a bad secondary, and you're going to get Buffalo uh, on their A game in a bad mood next week. I'd be very careful getting the uh, taking the points here with Minnesota. Yeah, very good. I have kind of been low on Minnesota all season as well. You're right. They've played a pretty soft schedule. Uh, One of the most popular picks in the Westgate Super Contest was the Washington Commanders catching three and a half. They were only getting three in the Circa Million Contest, but three and a half in the Westgate Contest. And that one comes home with the Vikings winning 20 to 17. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs are... Go ahead. uh, Sorry, it turns out that's a key number, that three and that three and a half, huh, with the... uh, with the shenanigans at the end of the game and the Vikings kneeled out for the field goal. So those half points, especially on the key numbers, uh, mean all the difference in the world. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no worries at all. Every half point matters for sure. And uh, there's a big reason why it wasn't one of the most popular picks in Circa Million, and it was in in the Westgate Super Contest. Obviously, yeah. Better's very aware uh, of the very important difference between three and three and a half. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs are facing third and inches here uh, deep in the Tennessee Titans territory. They're leading this ball game three to nothing, less than a minute to go, just 26 seconds left in the first quarter, and they have moved out to 18.5-point favorites in the live market as they are certainly threatening here late in the first quarter. 
Uh, Will, let's talk about the, you're going to, of course, be out of here at the end of this segment, and Mike Pritchard will step in. So let's get one more game in while we've got you, and that is the Dolphins at the Bears. There was a ton of scoring going on here. Of course, in uh, the Chicago area, we saw the Ohio State-Northwestern game on Saturday had all kinds of wind. There was expected to be a little bit of a carryover today at Soldier Field, maybe to the neighborhood of 20 miles an hour, but it did not affect the scoring here. There was a ton going on. Uh, Dolphins were up 14 to 10 halfway through the second quarter when they blocked a Chicago punt and returned it for a touchdown 21 10 Dolphins with eight minutes left in the first half and then Justin Fields found Darnell Mooney from 16 yards out at the two minute warning and it was 21 17 Miami and then it was two to Jalen Waddle in the third quarter to make it 28 17 and then Justin Fields right back the other way for Chicago a 61 yard touchdown run they went for two and it was good and it was 28 25 in favor of the Dolphins and then right back the other way just back and forth here for the Dolphins one of the newest members of the team newly acquired former 49er Jeff Wilson catches a seven-yard touchdown pass from Tua and it was 35-25 Dolphins now Chicago had a couple of chances late and then finally the Miami defense was able to hold tight and they hung on to win this one 35-32 Dolphins get the win Bears get the cash the game goes well over the total Miami moves to 6-3 and three on the year. They're tied with the Jets in the AFC East. The Bears fall to 3-6. and six. Not sure what to make of Miami, to be honest, because you look at them, they're 6-3. and three. They have players all over this field. Waddle and Hill are terrifying. Mostert, and now you add Wilson. Uh, Gasicki's a good player. But, so you could look at it in a positive light, but the last two weeks, they've really struggled and had to come from behind. Or not come from behind, but they struggled with the Lions. They struggled with the Bears. So do you look at it and like, hey, they win games. They're right in that mix for you know an interesting conversation is who's the third best team in the AFC. That could be Miami. But, man, you're giving up 32 points to the Bears. You're giving up 27 points to the Lions. That's a, a concerning trend going forward. It's it's funny. 67 points scored in this game. If you look at the stat sheet, the Bears only had like 100 yards passing. So it was a lot of different ways the Bears were moving the ball. Not sure what to make of Miami going forward, but they certainly look like they're going to be in mix here to be a playoff team. Well, I do give them credit, though, because both of those wins were on the road. I hear you yes. that they weren't certainly impressive and not against impre- impressive teams, but uh, still uh, got to give credit to a team that's going out on the road and winning two in a row like that. Next up next week for both of these teams, the Cleveland Browns will visit the Dolphins in Miami. The Dolphins currently four-point favorites in that one. And the Lions, the aforementioned Lions, will visit the Chicago Bears. The Bears laying two and a half in that one. Can you possibly back either the Lions or the Bears as a favorite? Uh, we got to hang out for that Lions-Bears game. We can't miss it. We got to grab a couple <laughs> of drinks, get somebody to eat, and watch the Lions and the Bears. Ought yeah, to be a I lot mean, of offense. You're going to be laying two with the Bears now. I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see where that line goes. I, I don't have a huge appetite for laying the two uh, with the Bears. The Lions played a good game today, so I would lean towards the dog there again. That's uh, There's plenty of games to bet. That's not one where I'm going to rush up to the window to be betting that one, though. What about the uh, Browns catching four points at Miami? Of course, they come in on extra rest after a heck of an effort in a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Interesting game. Interesting game. Browns off of a bye. Watson is coming around the corner here. We still got a month or so before he gets back. I would lean towards Miami here laying the four points. Yeah, I think it'll be good for them to get back home. I don't think the Browns are as good as we saw them look like on Thursday night in that win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Will, thank you so much for hanging out and filling in for Mike. We'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. 
BK, it's been a while, man. It was great to be on with you. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Mike Pritchard joins us for hour number two right here on the Pro Football Blitz. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.